Let's look at Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 4. How many, how many know the story of Samuel? Good. So I don't need to spend a lot of time explaining what it is. But 1 Samuel chapter 4, I think, where am I? No, I'm sorry. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. I got ahead of myself. There it is. Now, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord. He's just a young boy. Ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. In America, the world's not rare, but it's ignored. So it's rare. An anointed word is rare. There was no widespread revelation. We need a word from God. And it came to pass at that time, uh, Eli was lying down in his place. And when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, Eli the priest, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, mm -hmm, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. Uh-huh. Here I am. So he ran to Eli. It was the Lord, but he ran to Eli. Here I am, for you called me. He said, I didn't call you. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Mm -hmm. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. You know, when the Lord calls you twice, pay attention. When he says your name twice, he means business. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I didn't call you, my son. Lie down again. Whew. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. If we're talking about Samuel as a younger generation or what God is bringing into the church, does that make sense? Now, Samuel did not know, okay? And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then the old guy, the established church, perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Uh-huh. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called, uh, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel answered, speak, for your servant hears. Can you imagine what's going through his mind now? Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears, at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Ooh, how many want some ears tingling about what God is about to do? Now, you gotta hang on because this is a seven point message. Say point number one. The word was rare. We need a fresh word. You know what we're getting? You know what the church is getting? It's getting a polluted word. It's getting a word of entertainment. It's getting a word of compromise. It's getting a word that just wants to, you know, make people uh, comfortable just for the sake of being comfortable. I, I, I believe in making people as comfortable as you can so that they can hear the word and get uncomfortable. 
We're, we're going to bless them. We're going to love on them, hospitality, all that stuff, Amen. so that they feel okay to be here, so that they feel okay to hear the Word. Does that make sense? But the Word was rare. I tell you, when God begins to speak to the church in these last days, it's going to be an amazing thing. Number two, Eli is a picture of the church today. Now listen to the scriptures. Let's go to, let's add to what we already read, 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse uh, 13. Now, now, now when he came, there was Eli sitting on a seat. This is the next chapter when they, when they lost the Ark of the Covenant. They lost the battle to the Philistines, right? And they lost the Ark. The Philistines captured the Ark. So he's sitting on a nearby, on a seat by the wayside watching for his heart trembled for the ark of God. And when the man came into the city and told it, all the city cried out. Eli was 98 years old. And his eyes were so dim that he could not see. Then it happened when he made mention of the ark of God that Eli fell off the seat backward. <laughs> Make sure I don't... <laughs> by the side of the gate, and his neck was broken, and he died, for the man was old and heavy, and he had judged Israel 40 years. So here's a picture of the church today. It's old, and I'm not talking about physical age. We're talking about a church that has gotten old, that refuses to change, that refuses to recognize what God's doing anymore, and they just want to kind of gather together, sing the songs I want to sing, treat me the way I want to be treated. We're just coming to church because that's what we always do, and, when, and then we'll go home. I don't know about you. You know, we could play church if that's what you want. I don't think I could survive it. <laughs> I don't want to have a church where we just show up, do our thing, have a good service, and go home. I really want this church to be radical. Is there anybody with me? Anybody want to be a radical church? How many want to be the wild ones? Oh, that's encouraging. It's scary, but that's encouraging. I'm going to hide behind this a minute. Wow. So he's, he's, he's old. He's set in his ways. He refuses to change. He thinks the old ways are the only way. Here's another description. He's nearly blind. This church can't see what God's doing. This church refuses to open its eyes and, and look about and see the revelation of what God's doing. He's nearly blind. He cannot see the light. In the first chapter, it says that Eli was asleep. So we have a church that is sleeping, that needs to be awakened. The world has a new, a new word. Have you heard the new word? They're woke. I don't even know if that's in the dictionary. They're woke, W-O-K-E. What they're implying is they're awake and we're the, we're the ones asleep. Listen, you don't wake up to sin. That's not being awake. 
But I understand where they're coming from because they look at the church and they said they're dead, they're old-fashioned, they're useless, they're, uh, 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 they have no, no, no relationship to what, what's going on in the world today. But they've never seen churches like this one. They'd look at us and they'd say, well, those people are just crazy. They're awake, but they're nuts. <laughs> So they're the woke ones, and they're trying to, trying to get all of us to, you know, to, to think that there's some new revelation in America. There, there's a new way of doing something, and, 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 and they're, they're trying to convert us all to their way of thinking. Amen. Well, we're not here to fight them. We're, we are here to just stand up and love on them and let them know we're the ones that are woke. The gospel's never changed, and it still provides everything, everything. Everybody needs in everything. Give him praise. He's fat. What happens is when you, listen, you know how you exercise spiritually? You do the work of the Lord. You don't just show up at church. You win the lost. You make a difference in your workplace. You make a difference wherever you go. That's, and if you don't do that, if you're a Sunday-only Christian, you're overweight. You're feeding on the Word but not giving anything out. Listen, it's no secret how to lose weight. It's no secret. You burn more calories than you bring in. Everyone say, duh. You don't eat at McDonald's for lunch every day. Some guy, some guy found an old coat of his, hadn't worn it in 14 years, thought he'd wear it, reached in the pocket and found a McDonald's burger he never ate. No, no, you had not heard the rest of the story. He pulled the burger out. It's 14 years old, and it looked exactly like the day he bought it. Don't worry about Twinkies going out of business. The one you have will be good 20 years from now. They say they don't need formaldehyde anymore when we die. There's enough chemicals in us to keep us preserved for 20 or 30 years. The church is not exercising and it's not eating right. It wants junk food. Preach what I want to hear, preacher. Come on, preach what I need help with this. I need, no, you need to hear the word of the Lord, amen. It will change you. It will challenge you, amen. I'd rather challenge you than bless you today. And notice finally that everyone else is fighting the battle and he's sitting in the easy chair. It's a church unable to fight anymore. The Bible said the lamp, there's a lamp in the temple. The Bible says that light is supposed to be lit 24 hours a day every day. Part of Samuel's job was to keep that. But the Bible says the light had almost gone out. Samuel is a type of the church that's emerging in these last days. He's young. He sees clearly. He's lying down, but he's not asleep. He's fit. 
and he's willing to fight. And I'm not just talking about people in their 20s and 30s. You could be in your 70s, 80s, 90s with a shout on your heart. I, I remember old, y'all remember Brother Richards, old brother? He pastored this church back in the 60s. And when he was old, and I guess in his 80s, I forget how old he was when he died, but he used to always, I'll never forget this. He said, I might be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. I'm beginning to relate to that. <laughs> Listen, the lamp is nearly out in America. It's nearly out. But I have a word for you. Even though the lamp's almost out, there's a Samuel in the house. There's a Samuel with a match in the house, amen. There's a Samuel in the house. Do I have any Samuels here today? Is there anybody willing to get up out of your bed and light the lamp? It was just about out, but it was still in the house, and there was a Samuel in the house. Number four, God will speak to this Samuel generation. God is wanting to speak to this lying down generation. Notice the Bible doesn't say he was asleep, but he was lying down. I have a word for some of you. God doesn't care about your comfort. Preacher, can you prove that in the Scriptures if I had three hours? Let me ask you something. Why didn't he speak to Samuel in the middle of the day? I joke on this. Sometimes people, sell, people tell me, oh, God woke me up at 2 a.m. I said, that's why I slept so well. It's a joke. Get over yourself. Whew. God will speak to you when it's not convenient. He's not waiting around to work things out with your schedule. He will interrupt your life. He will break into your life. When you least expect it, you'll hear a word from God, amen, because he's not interested in your comfort. He wakes Samuel up in the middle of the night, not once, not twice, three times. Finally, on the fourth time, he gets it. Notice every time he heard the voice, he leaps out of bed and runs to Eli. Why? Because even though he didn't understand the word yet, Samuel had a servant's heart. See, a servant will always jump out of bed to get the job done. A servant will show up when there's work to be done. A servant doesn't say, I ain't got time today. I've got my own life to live. I got, come on, preacher, I don't have time. No, no, a servant says, what can I do? How do I do it? How fast can I get it done? How well can I do it? I think I need to say that again because I didn't get many amens. He jumps out of bed because he has the heart of a servant. God is, oh, get this. God is speaking to a lying down generation. God is speaking to a church that's not yet asleep, but it's in the comfort zone. And he's calling us to service. 
Samuel was called to serve. You are called to serve. We talked about works, right? Good works don't get you saved, but if you're saved, you're going to do good works. That's the test. That's the evidence. James says, if you claim to have faith and there's no works, you're deceived. Faith without works is dead. You know the Scriptures. How many know that Eli had two sons? Old Hophni and Phinehas. They weren't just losers. They were corrupt. The Bible said they throw the meat in the pot, make an offering to the Lord, and they had these big old forks. And they just figure whatever stuck to the fork is mine. I'm afraid there's a lot of preachers wanting to stick a fork in you. They really just want your money. They really just want some numbers on Sunday morning. They just really want some fame. They want some recognition. They are corrupt. It's not, you know, it's hard to judge a man's motives, but sometimes you just see the fruit of it. We can't judge people, but we can judge fruit. You can be a fruit inspector. In fact, some of you were called to it. All right, moving on. Hophni and Phinehas were corrupt. They were not the next generation. They were not the heirs to the kingdom. Amen. God is not going to turn this church over to people that want to abuse it. Amen. For their own glory and their own, uh, and their own benefit and their own advancement. He's looking for servants. Listen, I want you to get this. You will never really know who you are until you serve. You really aren't going to know who you are until you realize somebody needs you. Somebody needs you. Was it last week I preached about untying the colt? Jesus saw a colt in another city. It was tied up. That was symbolic of us. And he said, go untie the colt. And if anyone opposes you, hello, devil. If anyone opposes you, you tell them the master has need of it. And the devil's got to let it go. You know, people say, I don't know how to get the devil. Well, you just need to start doing what God's called you to do, and God will set you free from the clutches of the enemy. The only reason the enemy has got some of you is because you're not willing to do what God's called you to do. If he let you go, you just run wild through the streets. The only reason he untied the colt is because he had need of him. And that's why he saved you. Romans 2.4. We, we understand this. Romans 2.4. Do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? We're not going to win this world by fussing and arguing. I'm going to tell you something else. We're not going to win this world by electing the right people. You're not a better person because you listen to Fox News instead of CNN. It's all fake news. <laughs> it's all fake news. Amen. No, 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 the media's not going to save us. Hollywood's not going to save us. The government's not going to save us. You know, go vote. You're supposed to vote. Do the, you know, it, no matter who you vote for, it's always the better of two evils. <laughs> go vote because that's your civic responsibility. 
But you need to understand. I appreciate what our president's done to help the faith community. It's been amazing. But what we really need is a revival in the land. We need an awakening. Amen. These people, instead of legislating these people, they need to get saved. You get a bar owner saved, the bar is no longer a bar. You can pass a rule that says this pornography center has got to close down, or you can get the head of it saved, and the pornography house becomes a house of worship. Am I making sense? But it's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. Number six. Can you believe? Listen to this. Samuel confused the voice of Eli with the voice of God. We often run to what we know, but the flesh will always disappoint you. I think sometimes we run to what other church people are telling us. We run to what the world is saying works. We run to this. We run to that. We go to conferences. All that's fine. All that's good. But ultimately, we need to hear from the Lord. So when he heard the Lord's voice, listen, there's a generation that doesn't really yet know the voice of God. And if we're not careful, when you hear the voice, you'll think it's the church when it's really him. I, I know that doesn't make sense, but just, just go with me here. <laughs> we, we, we get to the point where we listen to people's advice. And God will use people. But ultimately, you need to know when it's the Lord. So Eli's this generation that's confused. They want to hear. They want to know what to do and how to do it and how do we break out and how does our church become radical? How do we become the church God wants us to be? Well, we can't listen to every other voice. My sheep know my voice. And it's time to hear from heaven, church. I want you to pray for me that God will give me strategy over the next 30 days, that God will give me divine strategy. And how many are willing to go wherever God leads us? Number seven. Number seven. Eli, God, listen, God spoke to Samuel. He didn't speak to the old guy. Because if we're not careful, gener older generation, those of us been serving the Lord for a while, if we're not careful, we'll get to the point where we can't hear God anymore because we're old, because we think we know better, because we've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. We know how it's done. <laughs> it's a song. Never mind. Listen, Samuel heard from the Lord, but Eli, Eli didn't hear the word, but Eli perceived it. Listen, those of us, we've been saved a while. Are you open? Are you open to younger people who don't have any sense, who don't know how it's done, who hadn't been there and hadn't paid the price? Ha! Are you open to the fact that God might indeed let a child lead you? Are you willing to say God is speaking to people 
that really haven't been around long enough to know the voice of God. Are you okay with that? Because we're going to start hearing. People are going to start hearing. And it's going to surprise us because we're Eli. God's supposed to, I'm the pre God's supposed to speak to me. Some of us haven't got the, the wax out of our ears in so long. But when they get that word, they won't know what to do with it. There's still a generation that sometimes if we can't hear the new sound that God's doing, we still know what to do with it when it comes. Eli knew what to do, and he perceived. Does that make sense? He perceived what to do. The time. The lights almost burned out. I, I give you the statistics. They're shocking. I've given them to you before, but something really bad is happening in our country, spiritually. But instead of saying this is the end of something, I believe by the Spirit we need to look at it as the beginning of something else. It ain't over. It ain't over. Song, Song of Solomon, chapter 2, one of my favorite. As an, as an apricot tree stands out in the forest, my lover stands above the young men in town. All I want is to sit in his shade, to taste and savor his delicious love. He took me home with him for a festive meal. How many know we're invited to the banquet? His banner over me is love. Chapter 5, verse 2. I was sound asleep, but in my dreams I was wide awake. Does that make sense? How many of you are dreaming of something amazing? Oh, listen. It's the sound of my lover knocking. How many know he's knocking, calling? Let me in, dear companion, dearest friend, my dove, consummate lover. I'm soaked with the dampness of the night, drenched with Dew, shivering and cold. He's outside. But the church says, I'm in my nightgown. By the way, if you really want to blush, read this in the Passion Translation. The message is bad enough. I'm in my nightgown. Do you expect me to get dressed? How many know we're supposed to be in the full armor of God? It's hard to sleep when you're in armor. I'm bathed and in bed. Do you want me to get dirty? The King James says, you want, my, you want to get my feet dirty? But my lover, Jesus, wouldn't take no for an answer. And the longer he knocked, the longer I knocked, the longer he knocked, the more excited I became. I got up to open the door to my lover. Sweetly ready to receive him. Church, I don't know how to communicate this. He is knocking on Journey Life's door. And I know, I know there's something in you. I know you may be asleep, but you've got some amazing dreams. And you're hearing the knock. And you're asking the question. I don't know if I want to be troubled. I don't know if I want to win the law. I don't know if I, I don't know if I can do, I don't know. I don't know if I, 
I want to do it. I want to do what God's called me to do. Am I talking to somebody? But it's inconvenient. It's embarrassing sometimes. It's, it's a hard thing. I'm asking you to do some hard things. I'm already washed. I'm holy. I'm sanctified. I'm on my way to heaven. Hoop de doo. He didn't die just so you can go to heaven. He died so you could be like him. He died so you could be the person he meant you to be. He's saying, Samuel, wake up. There's a calling on your life. It's not comfortable. It's not easy. It's not convenient. It'll cost you something. You're not going to hear many people preach like this, but I will. Because I'm not here to make you comfortable, and God doesn't care a whit about your comfort. He didn't die to make you comfortable. He said, crawl up here on the cross with me. Doesn't sound like comfort to me. Paul said, I died daily. I died daily. Doesn't sound real comfortable. How do you get somebody in China to get saved knowing they're risking their life? How do you get a man in a Muslim town, a little rural Muslim town somewhere in India or other places around the world? How about Iran? And you get a vision. You become a Christian. And now you can't work. Now you're cast out of your home and your family. There's people plotting to kill you just because you're a Christian. It's not comfortable. Listen, persecution's coming to this country. Get used to it. First Thessalonians 5, I gotta hurry up. First Thessalonians 5, 6. Just two more scriptures. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. I'm a military guy. Any military people here? Right? What happens when you sleep on watch? In a war zone. They can shoot you for that. Ephesians 5, 14. Just listen to the word. This is why the Scripture says, Arise, you sleeper. Rise up from your coffin, and the anointed one will shine his light into you. So be very careful how you live, not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom. For we are living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for His purposes. And don't live foolishly, for then you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. And don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Glory! And your hearts will overflow with a joyful song to the Lord Jehovah. Keep speaking to each other with words of Scripture, singing the Psalms with praises and spontaneous songs given by the Spirit. Stand with me. Let's keep it lit.